we started last week a, a series based around our verse of the year, which is, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you until the very end of the age. Uh, the statement, this commission, these last words of Jesus recorded in Matthew's gospel start with the word, go. And so what we're doing is we are looking at some of the people in Scripture who were called to go. Uh, last week, we started with Abraham, who was told this. The Lord said to him, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Told to go. And he's commended, along with others in Hebrews, for his faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Uh, and we recognize that actually the call to go is for all of us. Uh, even when we leave these doors this morning, when we go out through these doors, we are walking into our call to go into the world, wherever that may take us to the different places. We're called to go. But some of us may not always be aware of where that calling is. We don't know what's going to happen in the week ahead. How am I going to live out my faith in being called to go? We don't always know what we're going to be doing. Uh, and part of what we recognize is that actually we're called to be the light of Christ wherever we go. And we could have picked out many verses, but one of the verses that we did look at was Micah 6, verse 8. What does the Lord require of you? but to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Uh, so wherever we go, whatever we're doing, we can do these things even if we don't know what precisely it is that God has called us to do. We can still act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. Well, that was the first part last week. I wonder if any of you have heard of the Katsuki Pillar. No, not, not seeing many looks as there. It's a, it's a place in Georgia. And um, what you see there is you see a limestone pillar, a limestone tower that's about 40 meters high. I've got a picture of it for you here, overlooking uh, the valley below. Uh, you, those of you who can see clearly enough might see that there is a building on top of this pillar as well. And there is a monk who has lived there for the last 20 years. This is him in that little home that is the building on the top of that outcrop. And um, fascinating to, to see the lifestyle that he lives there. Do you know, if he wants to come down from there, it takes him about 20 minutes to climb down the 120-foot ladder that there is. You need a good head for heights, don't you, to be able to do that. Um, he has supplies. He's got some friends who will winch him up supplies twice a week. But imagine what it's like to be in that place. That is a place of isolation. He says that he went there because he needs quiet and silence to experience the presence of God. He comes down from there twice a week to pray with people who are going through difficult times. But he goes to that place, it's almost like he is called to that place to live as somebody 
who is set apart, who's isolated from others. Now, um, some of you, if you had the opportunity to go there for a week and visit, might think, wow, wouldn't that be great to be away from everything, to have a view like that? Others of you might be there thinking, gosh, that would be my worst nightmare to have to climb up to be in a place like that. It's a place of isolation, a place maybe at times of loneliness. Uh, And as we come today to look at the call on Jeremiah's life, his call was to a place where he would at times feel isolated. He would at times feel set apart and away from everyone else. It would be a lonely call that he would face. Uh, And this morning, uh, as we think about what it means to go, we very often think that to go means to have a rallying call. Let's go. We're going with purpose. We're going with excitement. But the reality is that sometimes the call to go from this place, for some of us maybe today, is to go to a place where we feel lonely and we feel isolated. And that's what I want to speak into this morning the call of Jeremiah. Let me give you a little bit of background information on Jeremiah, first of all. He was born around 650 years before the birth of Christ. He was born not far from Jerusalem uh, at a time when there was political upheaval going on. Uh, The nation of Israel had been divided into two, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Uh, And there were great powers all around jostling to see who would be the greatest power. There were the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Egyptians. Uh, And the northern kingdoms had already been invaded. They were in captivity. And this threat was over the southern kingdom that maybe they would come and take Jerusalem and the whole of the southern kingdom into captivity. It was a time of great unsettlement. Uh, And in this moment, Jeremiah is born and he receives the call from the Lord. The Lord came to Jeremiah and said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah is told that God has a role for him. It is to be a prophet. It is to be somebody who speaks out the word of God. And so this is the call again that comes to him. He says that you must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. A command to go. You must go to everyone I send you and to say whatever I command you to. He has this call to go. But it's not an easy call by any means. Look at what it says in verse 10. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. You see, the people who were in the nation at that time, they wanted good news. They wanted to be told that as God's chosen people, nothing bad would happen to them. But Jeremiah was appointed by God to give a very different message to that. You know, listen to those words, I'm appointing you to uproot, to tear down, to destroy, to overthrow. That's the message that he's got to go out with to people. Uh, And if we follow the story through by verse 14, 
the Lord said to Jeremiah, from the north, disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. I'm about to summon all the people of the northern kingdoms. He comes prophesying a message of doom. In fact, still today, you, you can hear it sometimes said that people are being a Jeremiah, which means somebody who is looking into the future, looking ahead with undue pessimism. Uh, and for Jeremiah, giving this message was to be somebody who would be rejected, who would feel like he was alone, because everyone else was saying, no, this is not from the Lord. There were prophets who denied that this was from God, Jeremiah's message, and he ended up being on his own. He ended up having threats against him, even death threats against him. He was thrown into prison, and at one moment, he is dropped into a cistern and left to starve to death. That's the call of Jeremiah. It's not a pleasant call. It's a hard call. But God says, go. And so what we're going to look at this morning is the fact that for us, sometimes... To go is to go to a difficult place for our situations, whether it be in the home or in the workplace, with our friends, wherever it might be, for whatever reason, when we go, it's to a place of difficulty. It's to a place where we feel alone. And there are two things that I want to particularly look at this morning from this story. Uh, and the first is this, that actually uh, we can, when we're called to go into these situations, we don't feel strong enough. We've been thinking already about the power of God and how, with the little illustration about what we can tear in two, you know, actually we can feel weak. Sometimes we can feel completely inadequate in the situations that we meet. And sometimes we can experience feelings of complete rejection. The call of Jeremiah. So the call of Jeremiah, you must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you. Problem one, the feeling of inadequacy. I've spoken to before about this. I don't know how many people do internet shopping. Um, internet shopping as in terms of groceries, so with one of the big supermarkets. Uh, and you go online and you can order various things. And you place that order, but sometimes uh, the supermarket doesn't have exactly what you have put down. And, and so they send a replacement for it. Uh, I was reading this week about a mum who had ordered a candle with the number five on it for her daughter. Uh, and they didn't have a number five candle so what they did was they sent two twos and a one. <laughs> now, you could look at that and say, well, it's great, isn't it? You can educate your child even while they're singing happy birthday to them, add up the numbers on there. But actually, in reality, what they've done is they've given something completely inadequate for the job. Uh, and this is how Jeremiah feels at this moment here. Look at what he says. He says, in verse 6, Ah, oh, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. See, God's appointed him to go to speak. Uh, and he says, but look, I'm only a child. I don't know how to speak. He's saying he feels completely inadequate to go. I don't have the ability to do it myself. And perhaps there are those of us here today 
for whom to go out of these doors is to go to a place where we feel completely inadequate to cope. Let me give you some suggestions, and you may be able to fill it in with your own situation. But what about the person at work who goes into a workplace where the ethics of the place that you work maybe are all about money and profit? Uh, And actually, sometimes that leads you to being expected to do something that you feel a little bit uncomfortable with. But actually, your boss puts pressure on you to act in a certain way. Uh, And you feel like, well, I would love to be living out my faith better in the workplace, but I feel completely inadequate. I feel powerless. I feel like I'm just one voice speaking out against where everyone else is coming from. Perhaps your situation is nothing to do with work. Perhaps it's in the family. Maybe you are the only Christian in your family and you want to live your life in a particular way. But actually the reality is that other people in your family, those that you need to be thinking about and living with, they don't want to make the same choices that you want to make. And actually you want to have the words to share with them that will just change things. You have a passion for them to come to know the Lord. But actually, whatever your best efforts are, you just feel completely inadequate in dealing with this. Or maybe you hear the call to go out and you're to live faith. But actually it feels like to go out and do that is just, it's really hard. You know, if we talk about sharing our faith in the world around us, so many people seem to reject faith. Uh, And it seems like it's very hard ground that we sow into. And what if people ask difficult questions about faith? What about when they start talking about how can a loving God allow suffering uh, and many other questions? Why do you think Christianity is the only way to God? What about all the other religions? And you think, but I feel totally inadequate and unequipped to deal with questions like that. And we may be able to put in many other scenarios of places that we feel inadequate. Maybe we are here today and actually we're suffering from depression or another mental illness that we struggle with day by day by day. And and actually it means for us that life is just difficult and it feels like I'm not sure that I can cope with it. I feel inadequate. Sometimes the call to go from this place can be a place of worry, of difficulty, of not being sure whether we can cope. Jeremiah had a call and he said, Our sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord says, Do not say, I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. This is the Lord's answer. Ah, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. And the Lord reaches out his hand touches a mouth and says, now I have put my words in your mouth. See, what the Lord is saying is this. You may feel inadequate to do this, but I'm with you 
and I will give you the strength to do it. Don't say, I can't do it, because you might be right that in your own strength you can't. But actually, you don't have to do it in your own strength. You have the Lord's strength to do it. And perhaps for some of us here today who are struggling with feelings of inadequacy, who worry about going out through these doors, what I believe God wants to do for us today is to equip us, not to walk in our strength, but to walk with his. To go from this place, not trying to walk on our own, but to know that he is with us. This passage is a promise of presence. When did the Lord know Jeremiah from? Before you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. (laughs) What the Lord is saying is there's never been a time when I don't know you. There's never been a time when I'm not with you. Take confidence. You can go in my strength. Perhaps some of us feel inadequate Maybe we feel called to something by God and we feel inadequate. Maybe we face situations where, how do I go and be a Christian in this particular place? The Lord wants to go with you and give you the strength. The Lord wants to give you the words that you need to say. He wants to give you the ideas about how you are to be in those particular situations. The Lord wants to give you strength. To go means that when we feel inadequate, we need to go knowing the Lord is with us. The second thing, second problem that Jeremiah had, the feeling of rejection. You see, he was going to be rejected by the people, pushed to one side, as I said, threatened with death thrown into prison, left in a cistern to starve to death. He was rejected by his people. He was giving the Lord's message, but he was rejected. I want to show you a picture. Um, There was a delivery taking place in Billericay in Essex this week. Um, And there was a, a large crane that had to move the materials across the uh, roof to put them in the other side of the garden. And um, this is the picture of what happened. The crane was uh, lifted up. It was supposed to be strong and stable, but actually it tipped over uh, into the roof of a 700,000 pound house. And you can see it's done a lot of damage to that. Supposed to be strong and stable, but not able to stand. Uh, Sometimes we think that actually the Christian faith isn't that about us being strong and stable. But we're not sure if we can actually manage to stand or if we're just going to tip over and fall with the damage that results from that. For Jeremiah, would he be able to stand? And the answer is yes. But there were times when he would feel rejected by the people that he was giving the Lord's message to. He would go to them saying, this is what the Lord says. And all the other people, the other prophets of God would say, no, it's not. Jeremiah was saying bad things are going to happen. They were saying, no, it's not. And he was pushed away to one side. And the ironic thing is this. The closer and closer it came to being obvious that his words were true, the more and more he was rejected and pushed to one side. 
Rejection is painful. Uh, I was reading up a, a few things about rejection this week. This is one of the things that I found. Apparently, people are beginning to suffer more rejection now because of social media. You, you know, things like Facebook have likes on them. Uh, and they're saying, actually, that people are posting uh, and keep checking back for the number of likes that they get on their posts. Anyone here ever do that? I confess I've done it before. Now, I've actually removed Facebook from the app on my phone because I, I just don't want to keep doing that. But, but they say actually people start feeling having lower self-esteem because not many people maybe like their posts on social media. Uh, of course, there are much worse rejections than that as well, but we can meet them in so many different places. It, it can be rejection through a partner who leaves us. A friendship that breaks down when we thought it was always going to be there. Maybe in the workplace through being made redundant. Maybe through applying for jobs and getting one rejection after another. You can probably add in other examples of what rejection can happen. And it hurts. And it hurts. Some psychologists, this is one of the other things that I found about, about it, were doing some research into it. And they discovered that when we have a sense of rejection, exactly the same part of the brain is triggered in response as when we have physical pain. So that's why it hurts so much, because the brain is wired in that way, where actually we feel physical pain almost as we have rejection. Uh, evolutionary scientists, some of them anyway, suggest that we can trace this back to tribal times, when actually if you were pushed out of the tribe, uh, it could mean death. Uh, and so they kind of say the brain evolved to, to give you such a sharp sense of the pain of rejection, it would make you avoid that, so you would stay within the tribe. Personally, I would prefer to take it back to the way God has made us, as people who are to live in community, not in isolation. But however it is, the reality is rejection hurts. And many of us here today will have experienced the pain of rejection. We live in a broken world, and so quite naturally that means that other people are broken people, uh, and that means rela relationships break down. That means bad things happen. And let's be honest as well, None of us are perfect, and sometimes we bring on to ourselves the rejection that we experience. These things happen, but however it does, rejection is hard, and rejection is painful. And this is what I think God today wants to say into us, because we read this verse. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You know, whatever happens in the world where we may be rejected, we may have the pain that goes with that. There's one who has known us since before we were formed, who loves us and who will never reject us. And it may be that you are here today feeling the pain of rejection. And the message that God wants to whisper into your ear right now is simply this. I know you. I love you. I will never push you away. 
I will never reject you. I am with you. Perhaps today you need to hear that voice of God. You see, we turn away from him. We walk away from him. But he never walks away from us. As soon as we turn and face him, he is there. And he wants to be with us. See, for Jeremiah, it was a difficult call. It was a call to a place where he had to give the message of the Lord that trouble was coming. It led to him being rejected. It led him to places of loneliness. He felt inadequate to carry out this role. He had the pain to go through of all that rejection would mean. But the Lord assures him that he is with him. And it gives him the strength to overcome that inadequacy and that rejection. Just as we finish in this moment now, I want to give this as an illustration of how we can deal with these things. Imagine that here, this is the place of a feeling like we're inadequate. This is the place where we feel rejected. And over here is the place where we know the strength of God to be able to go out of those doors and say, actually, I can walk with the strength of God because he is with me. This is the place where we say, okay, others may reject me. I may have the pain of rejection, but I know the one who will never let me go, who loves me completely and totally and will never let me go. So that even though I may have pain in this lifetime, I can go overcoming rejection. These are the two places we can stand. And it may be for some people today, we're standing in this place and God wants to move us over to this place. And God can do that as we pray. He's amazing and can completely change and transform our situations. It may be that today we're in this place and we're looking this way. Uh, and actually, the first step is just to turn around and know that there's another place. You see, some of us get defined by our feelings of inadequacy. Some of us get defined by our feelings of rejection. We can't move beyond them. But I believe what God wants to do is to help us beyond them. Not that we aren't in All of us are inadequate. All of us will have moments where we feel we have to face stuff that we feel inadequate about. But God wants to move us from that place where we're living in that place of inadequacy to say, actually, I can live with the strength of God and go with him. Uh, and we can be caught up in our feelings of rejection, feeling sorry for us ourselves, feeling angry at other people. And maybe God wants to move us from that place where that's how we feel right now and say, no, I want to move you here where what you're defined by is not the rejection, however bad it has been in your life. I want you to be defined by the fact that you know that you are loved by me and that I will never reject you and you will always be with me. Because that's what the gospel tells us. It tells us that there is a God who loves us, who has reached out to us and says, I will not allow myself to be separated from you. I will do everything I can to draw you back, even to the point where I send Jesus Christ into the world to die for you on the cross so that you may know my presence. You may know just how far my love goes. And that's what he wants to give to us today so that we don't walk out of these doors feeling inadequate to cope with life. We don't walk out of these doors feeling rejection. But that we walk out of these doors 
from the place that we know God is with us and we have the strength to go out from here, that we walk out of these doors knowing that there is one who is completely faithful and will love us whatever we face in life. Where are you standing right now? Where are you standing? Where do you want to stand? Maybe in these moments, we simply need to invite God to come and do a work in our lives, to change us, to know that we go out from here with his love and with his strength when we ask for it. Amen.